A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Now, today we're going to be talking, or I should say we're going to be building on a previous episode. The episode is called How Do I Wait? And basically what we discussed in that episode was a waiting period where you've kind of built out an image of your desired reality and you're waiting for your physical lived reality to catch up. Now, I know that at times this waiting period can be excruciating because it feels like we have no control over the outcome, we have no control over how and when things are unfolding, and I often say that this is when we start to notice a lot of our self-doubt creeping back in, our self-sabotage. Our behavior during this period is important, especially since the longer we're waiting, the more that we're kind of tested, the more that our faith and conviction is tested, and the greater the opportunity for old patterns like self-doubt and self-sabotage, the more opportunity that they have to creep back in. And also, I would say that sometimes when we feel that we're not getting enough proof or evidence that what we desire is coming into fruition, we may even feel like the whole endeavor was a waste of time and we just want to give up. It's almost like we want to just throw our hands up and say, okay, well, I tried to create a new reality, but I guess it's just going to be the way that it always has been for me. And I get it. I too am on the brink of doing this all the time. But as I continue to watch the reality creation process happen where I have an intention or desire, I establish a vision around that desire, I start to give myself the sensory experience of that desired reality, and then I let go of the how and when it all unfolds, I begin to slowly trust the process a little bit more. I have a little bit more conviction and I begin to unlearn years of programming about the way things are, and about my own potential to evolve and expand. It can take some time to unlearn the idea that, you know, if things have been a certain way up until now, they'll always be that way. And I'm still unraveling this this relationship, and that takes time, but I have proof that it works. And I can wake up to this and remind myself of this whenever I'm sitting too long in the energy of doubt, disappointment, or defeat. So what I'm going to share in this episode are the mindsets, I'll say, or the habits and behaviors that pulled me out of that space, that helped me to build a bridge from my current reality to my desired reality and to sustain that until it becomes my physical observable experience. When I feel out of control, specifically when I feel very attached to the how and when, I always like to bring my focus and my awareness and attention back to what's in my control. I'm constantly asking myself, 
Which reality am I activating in this narrative, belief, decision, or action? Is it my current reality or my desired reality? And another way of putting this, which I think I've mentioned before, is which garden am I watering? Which garden am I planting with my attention and with my awareness? So how do we bridge the gap? The first thing that I have written down is the word delusion. And this has a lot of stigma attached to it, so, you know... You don't have to use that word, but it describes best what I'm going to share. So honestly, I think that when you're waiting for your lived reality to catch up to your imagined desired reality, a little bit of what some may call delusion is necessary. Now, I don't think it's unreasonable in any way. It's just a commitment to the unseen. Trusting that the vision that you have for yourself is available to you if you remain in your own corner. You're seeing the way things are, which may not be the way that you want them to be, and still you're having conviction in your vision, even when nobody else really sees things the way that you do. Your desired reality may represent an experience that you've never had and that others around you haven't had, and even that you're being told isn't available or possible to you. And so it's understandable that This can be challenging, but it does require a willingness to be shown something different. And what I'll say in regards to this with respect to this whole idea of having faith and conviction and commitment to the unseen is we do this in different ways all of the time. We rely on things that are unseen all of the time. We put our faith in things that are unseen all of the time and really that are very much out of our immediate control. And so to direct our creativity, our imagination, our vision towards something that is supportive, even if we haven't seen it before, to me, doesn't feel that far out of reach. Whenever I feel myself contracting or I fall back into this role of a future predictor, in other words, I think I know how things are going to go and they're going to go the way they always have, even if that's not what I desire, Whenever I feel myself falling back into those tendencies, rather than trying to repeat affirmations, that doesn't really work for me, or, you know, just sit down and meditate, I like to just ask questions, just open up to being shown something different. And so I'll ask, show me how the situation can be different, better, easier, or whatever it may be. So coming back into that quality of openness, which we often lose when we narrow our reality to such a limited scope of what's available and possible. So the next thing that is important in bridging the gap is pattern interruption. And you may have heard that phrase, I'm not sure if I'm going to get it 100% right, but it says something along the lines of, in order to create something different, you have to move different. So for me, that means moving past some of our limiting beliefs, patterns, and what we call on this podcast, rejection responses. So really the things that interfere, hinder, or slow down the momentum towards our desired reality. Now they're not problems, they're not 
you know, it's not an issue if you encounter a limiting belief or a limiting pattern. It doesn't mean that you're not going to arrive in your desired reality. It's simply a possible interference that can be worked around and that we have to learn how to overcome in order to see what's on the other side. And when you're waiting for your desired reality to physically manifest, you may feel the discomfort of those old patterns showing up, even ones that you thought you outgrew. And I think that that part of you that is scared of change or expansion is not to be fought with because ultimately it does serve a purpose. It's just trying to keep you safe within the confines of what's familiar to you. Even if what's familiar to you is something that you've consciously identified you want to move away from because familiarity doesn't always mean what's best for us. So again, going back to kind of a video game analogy, these are obstacles that we can move through in order to level up. And if you fail to overcome the obstacle, so if you fail to overcome the limiting belief before you failed to move past a pattern, a limiting pattern, just like in a video game, you wouldn't approach it in the same way again. Now, it's the same with pattern interruption. You can ask yourself, what's on the other side of this pattern? What if I choose to approach this trigger differently? What if I decide not to fall into a spiral of low self-worth, self-judgment, and negativity, and instead see and approach this pattern as a passable interference? Now, of course, some of these interferences may be more significant than other and may require more support. Let's say if they're significant sources of tension or even trauma or inner turmoil, sometimes there is a greater deal of support that we need to move through that pattern, but it's grounding ourselves in the belief that it's possible for us to move through this pattern, even if it's been so deeply ingrained in us since as long as we can remember. So for me, that would include things like self-doubt and self-sabotage. And I think the best way that I can describe the experience of moving through some of these patterns isn't necessarily to overcome them and then never experience them ever again it's more of turning down the volume so that they don't interfere in such a substantial way with your day-to-day reality so turning down the volume on the self-doubt so you can continue to move forward it may still be there but it's not completely dominating your entire experience and stopping you from moving forward Another key factor which kind of ties into pattern interruption because this experience can be extremely uncomfortable is the ability to sustain discomfort and this can help us to bridge that gap. It's sort of like holding a pose in yoga. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable but you know that there is relief on the other side and of course knowing your limits like In yoga, if we try something that is so beyond uncomfortable, we could injure ourselves. So knowing our threshold is very important. And what I mean by that is I think for me in the past, I've mentioned this before, when it comes to typical, or I won't even say typical, when it comes to a lot of the manifestation teachings that I was tuned into, the message that I really internalized is that I needed to think bigger, take bigger risks, put myself out there in bigger ways. But ultimately, I was just going so far beyond my threshold of discomfort that I would just kind of shock my nervous system and then it would kind of re-trigger me and put me back into a place that was perhaps even worse going into it. So I think learning what you can tolerate and what 
type of discomfort you can sustain and really not pushing that. There's no need to push that beyond our limits. So I'm certainly not suggesting here that you go out and put yourself in a situation that is so unbelievably uncomfortable that you can barely get through it. But for me, what was really important and what continues to be important is to gradually develop a slightly higher tolerance for discomfort. I think this goes a really long way. Considering what about the situation that you're in is uncomfortable, for me, it's usually the fear of being seen trying. So people seeing me try something new and that discomfort of potentially being seen as a failure. I dealt with this a lot when I first started on my social media journey. And so I'll give you an example of this sustaining discomfort kind of idea was when I first started I had this vision for myself as someone who was in social media and getting paid and able to have more freedom and potentially some adventure so I had this vision for myself but the reality when I first started was you know posting a lot of videos that very few people were seeing and feeling like I was being very cringy even though what does that even mean? I just felt very uncomfortable, but I had this feeling that I would need to sustain that in order to make anything of what I was doing because there is that period that is required where no one really sees what you're doing. No one really is feeding into what you're doing and you need to, again, kind of be in your own corner and hold on to that vision despite whatever feedback you're receiving or lack of feedback, I should say. When I talked about these passable interferences and some of the pattern interruptions, I would say that the fear of being seen trying for me was a big wound that I had to address with a little bit more support. I had to do some healing and inner child work for this experience to be within my threshold because at first it was too much. I actually felt unsafe when I would put myself out there in different ways because I had such a strong association with putting myself out there and social rejection. I had all of these really loud narratives so the volume of my self-doubt and that part of my kind of fear was turned up so loud that it made it really hard for me to show up online and to do what was required in order to move forward. And so I definitely needed a little bit more support and healing in that realm, but eventually my thresholds increased significantly to the point where that's not really a fear that I have anymore. Or as I mentioned, it is significantly turned down from what it used to be. So addressing that first, healing up some of that wound and learning to regulate my nervous system when I was in a situation where I felt that fear of being seen trying coming back up. And if you follow me on TikTok or Instagram or anywhere else on social media, then you'll see that I actually began to expose myself more and more to this intentionally. This is definitely one way of doing it, which is that I recognize that the fear of being seen trying, particularly the fear of being seen trying something new, was such an obstacle for me to being able to express myself, to be my authentic self, and to move forward with the vision I had for myself and my life. I identified that that was such an obstacle that I decided to kind of take it a step further and just start exposing myself more and more intentionally to this experience of being seen trying. So I would try different activities that I had previously been too scared to do and, you know, try activities that I was really bad at and 
you know, not avoid those experiences. And again, through that exposure, my threshold for that specific experience continued to increase, which has become a very useful skill for me on the path that I'm on. Okay, this next one is something that I know many of us don't like to hear and myself, I know I really didn't like to hear. And to be honest, I've kind of struggled with this concept, so we're not going to spend too much time on it because I'm still playing around with the idea of time. But I do think that ultimately patience is very helpful. I go back and forth with this one because I've experienced huge leaps with respect to my desired reality that seem to have had no correlation with time, whereas others seem to take more time and require more patience of me. So my working theory, and bear in mind this is a theory, as are many of what I share on this podcast, but my working theory is that if we consider our desires flowing into our experience like water, and I mention that analogy a lot, the ones we have less resistant, less resistance to can flow quickly with ease and with much less of a delay in time. Whereas for others, it seems like the viscosity is much slower and there are more obstacles. So for an area of life, for me, that would be career and finances. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Creating my desired reality in that realm feels like it takes a lot more energy, effort, and it happens, things happen much slower, it feels, at times, 
because I have so much resistance in that area, because I have so much programming in that area, and because I'm still unlearning a lot. Whereas on the other hand, other areas of my life, let's say relationships or just different areas, I don't experience that same slowness, I would say, and that same resistance. And so things can happen a lot easier and a lot quicker. And that requirement for patience doesn't seem to be as strong. And again, I do believe that this is something that is quite fluid and flexible and myself exploring the whole concept of timeline jumping and things like that the whole concept of time and patience and waiting seem to become less and less significant but I do still think that in the moments that we are kind of in between our current reality and something that we've identified we desire just being able to be present and be patient and not to rush through whatever current experience we're having, I think that that does hold value. So what I'll reiterate is from my standpoint, it kind of depends on the amount of unlearning we have to do and the degree to which we believe our desire is available to us. The analogy that always comes to mind here is that of a garden. You ultimately don't expect it to grow overnight and you recognize that you need to attend to it in order for it to bloom. So I always just remind myself of that saying that nature doesn't rush and yet still things organize themselves as they need to. Another thing that helps me, another kind of concept that helps me to bridge the gap between my current and desired reality is this idea of thinking with the end in mind. So Whatever's kind of going on in your current reality, holding the vision of your desired reality in your mind. And when you do this, the way you orient yourself to things like failure and rejection and setbacks change when you sustain that consistent vision for the outcome. The perception that you have, let's say, surrounding a failure, a quote-unquote failure, is different when you think that the end is going to be the same outcome. It's, from my perspective, just kind of character development. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck, and it doesn't mean that it's not difficult, but it still doesn't need to be the thing that completely derails you from moving towards your vision. So something that I like to kind of do, again, going back to this idea of timeline jumping and the idea that there are infinite possibilities for what's available to you and there are infinite versions of you that have various aspects of what you desire. I like to imagine that I am engaging in a dialogue with the version of me that has what I desire. So I like to tap into that version of me and try to form a mental image to the best that I can. And that's why design your character is helpful because it can help you form that image and form that sensory experience. So tapping into the version of you that already has what you desire or who has already moved through the obstacle you are currently facing. And like I said, being able to engage in a dialogue with them, asking yourself or asking that version of yourself, how did I get through this? What do I need to know? What is the best way for me to spend my energy right now? Now, this is a concept that I think many of us, including myself, may have some degree of resistance to because it feels a little bit out there and 
I know for me, this idea that different versions of me exist in the present moment that have access to things that I desire, that is a very new concept for me and one that I'm already playing around with. And I would say that my logical, rational mind quite often gets in the way of being able to have that experience. So I find that Doing a guided meditation really helps to, again, turn down the volume on that rational, logical part of my brain that tells me this isn't possible, you're just fabricating this experience. A guided meditation helps, also lucid dreaming helps, so definitely something new that I'm playing around with, and even just asking these questions of how did I get through this, what do I need to know, what is the best way for me to spend my energy, or whatever the question may be, you don't have to believe that you're asking this to a version of yourself that has what you desire or anything like that just again I find that asking questions opens you up to receiving an answer from whichever source you believe in rather than being completely shut down that's my biggest kind of intention when I'm trying to bridge the gap between my current and desired reality is to have a quality of openness rather than being closed off because I find that when I'm closed off, I'm not allowing myself to receive evidence, receive intuition, receive ideas or inspiration. So that can be really helpful. So the next thing that will surely come as no surprise is trust. I kind of think that when we engage with our life in this kind of experimental, playful, creative way, it's almost like we're doing a trust fall with reality. Or at least it can feel that way at first. So there's that almost panic when we take that first step of, will this pan out the way I want it to? Will this, will I be safe? And all these kind of questions that we have as we're in that kind of fall. I find as I play around with reality a bit more, my threshold gets higher and higher because I feel so supported at every step and I'm shown more and more in small and big ways that I can trust myself, I can trust my vision, and I can trust this co-creative process. Now, I will say that this is a very seemingly unnatural way to think because we have been taught in many ways to outsource our trust and our agency and our authority and our intuition to something outside of ourselves and so I think it can be intense at times especially in the beginning when we're working with a vision that feels beyond what we've experienced thus far and that requires some expansion or what we perceive as a risk and just like when you are coming into relationship with any new person in your life building trust can take time and we also kind of want to be shown evidence that we're on the right track and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be shown evidence and wanting to be shown that the vision that you have is kind of unfolding and it doesn't take massive pieces of evidence I think even tiny breadcrumbs can start to build that momentum of being able to build the trust. So this is why I like to document and record all of the even tiny breadcrumbs towards my desired reality so that I can begin to build that trust and replace the former perception I might have had of myself and my reality. I think that our minds love to collect evidence to help us orient ourselves to our environment and kind of assess how we fit into it which is kind of all about building our identity and I think 
our mind has a particular interest in upholding our current ent- er, identity or ego or whatever you want to call it because that's what feels safe or familiar. But if the life experience that we've had so far has made us feel that we're less than, unlovable, a failure, for example, our mind may come to self-identify as these things. So then the mind's task becomes upholding that image we have of ourselves by essentially gathering data to support it. So even if you feel as a whole you're a failure in life. Even when something good happens to you that represents a win or a success, you kind of might write it off as just a one-off and it doesn't mean anything because ultimately you're a failure. This tendency is referred to as the confirmation bias when we search for, interpret, and favor information that confirms or supports our prior held beliefs about ourselves. So shifting into a new reality requires giving the mind a new task, which is to gather evidence that we are on our way to living our desired reality and that we are deserving of it. And that can take some effort because we're working with a image that we may have been building up for our entire lives and we're trying to counterbalance that with a new image or replace it if you will in the same way that our self-image as a failure for example may have taken a long time to form it may take time to form a new self-image that is supportive and in alignment with our desired reality so we have to be committed to keeping this part of our mind active the part of our mind that is gathering that evidence that we are on the path towards our desired reality and that we're forming our identity around that so something that I quite often like to say is that I think when we're trying to support our identity as for example a failure we're kind of saying see I told you so every time we fail and then when we win or when we have a success it's just a write-off so we kind of want to reverse engineer and flip this to saying see I told you so every time we get a breadcrumb from our desired reality so every time we have even a small experience whether that's a conversation or we read something or some opportunity comes to us that feels like it is activating our desired reality. I like to literally just record this in the notes app on my phone, but you can also, if you're using Design Your Character, record any progress and small wins and any evidence that you've gathered in the up-level log. And then the last thing I wanted to discuss that can help us to bridge the gap between our current and desired reality is pretty straightforward and you've probably heard it so many different times and it's detachment this can be difficult for sure because at least for me I always kind of want to be in control of a lot of things but more specifically when it comes to reality creation the when and the how our desired reality comes into form and kind of all of the pieces in between but that can become very agonizing and really pull us out of the present moment and appreciating what's before us I like to think of it this way. Once you've established your vision, it's set in motion, it's done, you know, it's out of your hands. So whatever you're experiencing in the present moment is in one way or another moving you towards that vision or helping you learn something that will help you get there. So like I said, kind of similar to that character development idea. 
I remind myself of this when things don't feel like they're moving as fast as I want to or when I feel I've failed in some way or when I faced a rejection. I say, oh, okay, right now my character needs to learn how to emotionally regulate and not get derailed when she experiences failure or, okay, right now my character is learning the value of presence and patience. When I look at it this way, it's a lot easier for me to be detached and less fixated on if things are happening in the way I think they're supposed to and when they're supposed to. I just try to imagine that I'm being sent all of the right opportunities and lessons and experiences that are bringing me closer and closer to that vision and I come back or I try to come back to the remembrance that the vision is unfolding in the right order and just trying to release that attachment to the how and when and just try to enjoy the ride and I will say of course if something's going really wrong or if something feels really off then of course you can always adjust and course correct as needed okay well that is today's episode i hope that you enjoyed i realized that i kind of close out the episodes in the same way every time i say i hope that this was helpful and i think i'm going to do the exact same thing because i'm not very creative with intros and outros as we all know so i hope that you found something helpful in this episode i I really hope that if you are in the process of establishing a vision for yourself and you're kind of waiting for that to materialize, then you found something, you know, you don't have to apply every single one of the things that I just shared, but you found something that can help support you and get back into that sense of openness and excitement and anticipation for all of the exciting and satisfying things that are sure to come your way. So Thank you as always for being here. I really, really appreciate you listening and I will see you in next week's episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.